You are now listening to Changing Lives, a podcast presented by Mount Gilead Full Gospel International Ministries, hosted by co-pastor Elena Robertson. Hello and welcome to Changing Lives. We are changing lives with the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm excited to get into this podcast. And um, it's about running your race. Let's run our race. And I think that's so critical for us to, to be able to do that. And so as I get into it, my prayer is that you will see yourself in what I'm sharing today and you'll be able to make the proper adjustments as I've made down through the years and even just recently made. Um, and so I know that this will be a blessing to you. And so we hear it all the time, run your own race, you know, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that you don't realize that you're being pulled off your race until you begin to look at something else or someone else. And so what is your race? Your race is the race that God has given you. You know, we, uh, you know, we're hearing the word of God about, um, uh, running that race, um, that, um, that, that you run to obtain the prize. And, and so the race that, we're talking about is not a physical race. Of course, we know that, but it's that spiritual race that we're in. We're in a race to win the prize. You know, Paul talked about how he does this one thing, and that is to um, to press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And that calling in Jesus is what he's given you to do in this earth realm. And because God is so awesome, he, he created all of us in such a unique and creative way that each of us has something um, that he has given us to do. And no one else can do your job, okay? Do what God has given you to do. No one else can run your race for you. So we need to do all that we can to find out what kind of race are we running and what has God called us to do and let's run it in order to obtain that prize. You know, when I used to be in high school, I used to be a track runner. Actually, I ran track when I was in middle school, also elementary school. I remember there used to be what they call this super, super uh, mile club. And uh, every Friday we would, run and uh, go out doing research, recess and run that mile. And so uh, I would actually end up beating a lot of the guys. And I would uh, end up like, you know, the top two or three in my class amongst the, the girls and the boys. And so that's how I found out that I was a runner. And so, but I didn't get really get a chance to really compete until I got into middle school when we had organized track and field. And then in high school, um, I also ran cross country. And so in doing that, I learned a whole lot about running your race. And I can remember being in middle school and um, just really trying a little bit of everything because, you know, in, in track and field, you have you have those who are sprinters which are those shorter distance at a fast rate. And then you have middle distance, which is like in between that. And then the, the, um, the long distance, which is more mile or more, you know, which are longer, slower paced races. And so I just remember just trying a little bit of everything just to try to find out where I fit in. What, what was my niche? I knew that when I ran that mile, that, you know, in elementary school that I could, could run, but I didn't really know if that really was my race um, uh, fit for me. And so I remember trying shot putting and uh, discus and hurdling and, um, you know, sprinting and middle distance. And and finally, after trying all those different things throughout that um, middle school uh, first year, 
uh, that I tried out for track, I realized I, I'm pretty good at doing middle distance. So I settled in, in on the um, 800 meter and that became my race all the way through high school. And I did some other things like long jumping and high jumping. Those were, um, I was pretty competitive in that area too as well. Um, but um, I, I learned very quickly that that middle distance was good. I, I, was, I had enough speed to sustain myself uh, for two laps around the track. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't have that quick burst of energy that I needed in order to be a sprinter. And I knew I wasn't going to be running around the track for four laps. And so, uh, so the 800 meter was just my race. And so I learned, um, down through the years through, uh, coaches teaching me how to run, um, and, and, and how to, to train for that. You know, you have two laps, so you can't just go all out on that. Um, you know, the first lap you had to kind of pace yourself and, you know, uh, pace yourself to the point where you know that you would have enough at the uh, last lap. And, um, you know, so you learn how to run my own race, you know, not to, you know, try to run with someone else that may not have that knowledge that I have as far as uh, being strategic in my running and all of that. We learned about <laughs> the monkey that jumps on your back when you come around a certain curve and all of those things. And so that's what I'm using to relate to running um, running your race um, today, because I think it's 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 a great analogy. The Bible uses it as an analogy, um, you know, to to how life is. And so, in Hebrews twelve one, it says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked." out for us. And so the race marked out for us stands out. And I'm reading from the NIV, but, um, you know, I believe the King James Version says the race that is set before you. So that is what God has called you to do. And so as we look in that particular scripture, you know, we see a number of things that pop out, you know. And so, um, of course, right away, we read about the cloud of witnesses that we have. And so not only do we have a cloud of witnesses, of course, in the heavenly realm, um, but we also have witnesses, you know, in the earthly realm as well. And so um, so so it's telling us to, you know, that we have this race to run. And and so so we want to, you know, of course, be cheered on by the heavenly host of witnesses. But also we have those who are onlookers, those who are looking, those who are looking for a witness, those who are looking to learn how to run their race and all of those things that in the earth realm that we have to be aware of. So we need to learn how to run our race well, the one that's marked out for us, that's set out for us so that it can be a blessing to others. And so... um, so then it goes on to say, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that does so easily entangles. And um, that's kind of sort of where I want to camp out a little bit uh, today is to to kind of talk about those things that throw us off of our race. Because um, I know in my lifetime that I've had different assignments that the Lord has given me in different seasons of my life. And, um, and, and I, I know you know, you can be doing really good. You, you know, for sure, this is what God has called you to do until you see 
what somebody else is doing or until you get the critics that, you know, will talk about your race and what you should be doing and what you're not doing. And then you begin to second guess yourself, you know, uh, or compare yourself. And and then sometimes if you don't see the results that you feel like you ought to get at a certain marking, um, then you may get a little weary, you know. And so to me, those are all weights that easily beset us, that easily lay on us and weigh us down to keep us from running that race. It's kind of like that monkey that I talked about um, that jumps on your back when when you come around that stretch, that curve, and, you, and you're giving it all that you have. And all of a sudden, it just feels like you have this heavy, heavy weight on you. And, and, and you know, in track and field, we call it that monkey that's on our back. And it seems like all your efforts that you're putting towards finishing strong, it, it, it seems like you're just do, running in slow motion and that you're not making any traction. And so that's when that weariness sets in. And so to me, like I said, they're all weights. So whether you're looking at what somebody else is doing and comparing it to uh, to what you're doing or you're looking at somebody else and you, and you want to do what they're doing, you don't feel like what you're doing is relevant, um, you know, or you don't feel like... Um, you know, you look at what, you know, somebody else is doing and and then you feel like, OK, well, maybe I'm not doing enough or maybe I need to do what they're doing so that I can get the results that they're doing. And I'm here to tell you, no, that's a weight. That's a weight. Comparison, envy, covetedness, you know, um, discouragement, weariness. All of those things are weights that the word of God tells us we need to throw those aside in order that in order for us to be able to run the race, you know, that God has set before us. Also in that scripture, it te- tells us, you know, it, 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 it's pointing a, to running a race, but it, it's, it reminds me of the scripture in Habakkuk 2 and 2, where it talks about writing down the, the vision and making it plain upon tables that we may, that he may run that reads it. And so, um, and so, and that goes along with it because if you're, Running, what what are you running for and how are you going to run? And do you have an understanding of how you need to run this race? You know, and so those are things that that, you know, we need to get that, of course, directly from God. He is our maker. He is he is our creator. He has planned our lives. We know we, we talk about the scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, where um, he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. That means the plans he has plans for our lives and he shares it with us. Some he shares a little bit more because we're able to handle it and manage it. Some of it, some for some, he may give just little bits and pieces at a time. Um, but yet he never leaves us hanging as long as we're seeking his face for the plan. And so, um, and so, so we need to, to run this race that God has given us to, to walk out our destiny. He gives us dreams. He gives us visions, callings, you name it, anointings. It's all a part of his plan for the race that he wants us to run. And so, so as we begin to to really look at what is this race all about, let, let's let's think about it in this way. Um, when you when you mark your race, what does it mean to run your own race? That means you have your own story, and you you are the one that's telling it. You know, sometimes we you know we figure that somebody else's life is more glamorous than us. You know, and so we want to make our lives like them. But God uniquely made us 
who we are. So what is your story? What is your journey that got you to where you are? And that is what is going to help you to know how to run your race. Okay. Um, You know, are you just getting started? You know, God says, you know, despise not small beginnings. Even if you're just getting started, it's still a race that you're in. So you may have just started out like I did when I was in, you know, middle school trying to find my way through, but that's okay. Know that you have a race. Get in God's face and find out what does that race look like and how do you run that race? It doesn't mean that your race is irrelevant. It doesn't mean that it's insignificant. Uh, if if not anything, it's all the more significant because everybody starts somewhere. And so, you know, so the enemy would want you to, you know, to look at everybody else's story or they got this grand, you know, uh, story or testimony of how they got to where they are. And this is now, now we're looking at how they mastered the race that they're running. You know, I can remember being in competition and you know, learning how to pace myself, learning how to work with my breathing so I can get that second win. And remember watching other, you know, runners and seeing what's their style. And, you know, but I had to learn my style because my physique was different. My weight was different. You know, my age was different. All of those things factored into, you know, how I was to run my race. And so, but if I was trying to take on the characteristics of everybody else, then I couldn't really run my race like I was ordained to run my race. And so you got to look at your own story and be proud of your own story. Even if there are bad things that happen, God works all things out together for the good. And so God even says, when you go through trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Want to know why? Because it's all working together for the good to be in your story so that God can use it to help somebody else. So that's why you can count it all joy. And the other thing is this. We always win. We have the victory. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer because what? I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world, we are overcomers too. So never be ashamed of your story and your journey. It's a part of your race that makes you uniquely qualified to run your race. All right. And so the vision that he's given you, all of that makes it unique and what he's given you. And so be aware of that, too, as well. And so um, and so as we move on, I'm reminded of the scripture in Isaiah 40, where it talks about um, those that wait on the Lord. And I want to read it from the Amplified Version. And it says this, For those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint or become tired. And uh, that's powerful in and of itself. They shall run and not be weary. And so um, that part, they shall run and not be weary is predicated on waiting on God. Um, You know, a lot of times we we want to jump into a race and begin to run a race before we really get instructions, before we really get a clear vision, before we really clearly understand, okay, 
you're in the 800 meter. Okay, well, if you're jumping to get into a race, you're jumping to to get into a, a race that you're not qualified for. So if you you could be jumping into getting into a, a sprint, you know, but you're not qualified for that. But if you wait on God, that means waiting on God means getting into his presence and seeing what season you're in and what race that God has for you to run. Okay, what's the vision for your life? What's your destiny? And and how do you calculate what you need to do in order to run this race? For some, you know, for really for our whole life's race is really a marathon. But but even in a marathon, there's training, there's strategies, there's techniques and things that we put into play in order to win, win the race of a marathon. And so so. Getting in, into God's uh, presence and and seeking His face really every day to confirm this is where He wants you to be and this is the race He wants you to run even from day to day. And so He said that if you do that, He's going to give you strength. He's going to give you power. And if any of you've been in track and field or done any anything relating to that, you know you need strength. You know you need power, right? And so propelling, you know, speed and all of those things require power and strength. Okay. And so it says that they shall run and not be weary. And 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 you got to know that uh, because it is a marathon, you can get weary. I believe a marathon is a little over 26 miles. You know, after the first couple of miles, if, if you're not trained in this thing, you can get weary. Like, okay, you, got, you still got about 24 more miles to go, you know. And so you can get bored with things that are going on and, um, you, you can lose heart. If someone's sprinting past you, you could be thinking, oh no, if I don't start sprinting, maybe I may lose this race, you know? And so your, your just mind is all over the place. But when you're waiting on God, he will cause you to be able to run and not get weary. And so to me, that lets me know he'll show you how to pace yourself in such a way where it will sustain you in your race that he's given you to be in so that you can win the race that he set before you. You know, just the other day, um, I, I was working on some different projects and, and um, you know, <laughs> social media is just, it's a wonderful tool, but it can be a beast if you don't have your mind straight, right? And so, because you see so many different things, people doing so many different types of things. And, and if you're not secure in what God has for you, before you know it, you'll be looking at what somebody else is doing. You'll be thinking, oh, maybe I need to be doing that. Or you'll be thinking, uh, maybe I'm not doing enough. Or you'll be, you know, all kinds of things can run through your mind when you begin to look at somebody else's race. You know, I'm reminded of a scripture in John, uh, the 20th, 21st chapter where Peter is, is, um, you know, talking to Jesus and, and getting instructions. And this is, I believe, the 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 um the chapter where he's where Jesus is giving uh Peter a lesson and he's asking him, Do you love me? You know, and, and just really presenting some questions to him. But as we move further down, he's having this conversation with Jesus and um, you know, and uh, interacting with Jesus with some instructions that Jesus is giving him. And so so in the 20th verse, it says, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And in the 21st verse, it says, when Peter saw him, he asked him, Lord, what? He asked him, Lord, what about him? 
And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread and the believers believed that the disciples would would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And so pretty much what, what Jesus was saying to Peter, you know, you're looking at this other disciple and you're wondering what, what, what's, you know, what's going to, what am I going to do with him? And Jesus turns to let him pretty much in, in, in short, telling him, mind your own business. It, it, this doesn't have anything to do with what I want you to do. And so he turns to Peter and tells them, you know, Lord, you know, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? So what is that to you? And this was this. And then he goes on. Jesus goes on to say, you must follow me. In other words, keep your eyes on me. I know so-and-so is doing this. I know they're doing great work here and everybody may be, you know, following the crowd and doing this. And, and it may not necessarily be that they're out of God's will. That may be God's will for them. But if you get so focused on what everybody else is doing, then it's not your business. Your business is what God has given your hands to do. <laughs> and so simply mind your own business. You know, in other words, tend to what God has given your hands to do. Run your race. You know, when you're running in a natural race and you're trying to, you're coming down that stretch, you know, and I see it all the time. I love to watch track and field and you see people turning and looking to see who's coming behind you. Think about the seconds that can, you know, can really determine the winner of a race in many instances, you know, that you're losing. And so this person is constantly turning around to see who's coming and looking and, you know, and instead of being so focused on the, um, the goal line, um, that they're exerting all their energy towards that, which could cause them to break records, you know, but if you're looking at everybody else, you'll never break the records that God has for you. You'll never get your best for that, that, or beat your, your best, you know, uh, accomplishments or score or whatever it may be. If you're constantly looking at somebody else, because what happens when you're constantly looking at somebody else, worry sets in, doubt sets in, you become discouraged. You, you become, you know, uh, you know, disillusioned about where you're supposed to be. And so it's critical that you mind your own business, right? It's so critical, so critical that you do that. And so, um, so, so Jesus says, what is it to you? Look, follow me. You know, even, uh, in in Hebrews, it goes on to, to say in the 12th chapter, the second verse says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. If you've been in God's face and God has been telling you, this is what I want you to do. It may not look like what somebody else is doing. As a matter of fact, it may be quite strange to other people. You may get naysayers that may say, you know, it's never been done that way before. But if you know God has said something in your heart and he keeps confirming it, that's what you have to fix your eyes on to run that 
race. You can't let somebody tell you, no, you're supposed to be sprinting. You're supposed to be in this race when you know, oh, I wait a minute. I train all my life for this 800 meter run. I've been I've been working on strategies. I know how to pace myself. I know how I know how my form is supposed to be. And then you're going to go by somebody who looks at you and thinks, OK, you need to be doing this. No one. Not when you're receiving confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. So I say, stay your course. Keep your eyes fixed on him. He's the pioneer. He's the one that started you off. And he is not only the one that started you off, he's going to finish it. He is the perfecter of your faith. And the King James Version says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. It takes faith to run a, to, to, to run a race. Even, even in the natural, it takes faith. What? It takes faith in the ability that you have. And I know even, you know, um, when I used to run track, yeah, I used to have faith, <laughs> I had faith in God, but I also had to have faith to believe, okay, that he gave me the strength in my body to do what I need to do to, run, to win the race. And so fix your eyes on Jesus, right? So it goes on to say, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this is Jesus setting an example for us. The third verse says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus was our ultimate example of someone who ran his race. I mean, he was trained all the way from a youth, grew in wisdom, grew in statue, and then it was game day for him. He had three years to run his race. And he had naysayers. He had haters. He had sinners. He had people that wouldn't receive from him. He had people that were, uh, you know, planning and plotting against him. But here it tells us that he, he had joy because he kept his eyes so fixed on the prize. Do you want to know what the prize was? The prize was you and me having the redemption, uh, uh, receiving the redemption that he ran the race for. That was his prize. And every time somebody gets saved, he keeps receiving his reward, glory to God. And so, so what did he do? He endured the cross. The cross wasn't easy. The cross was very hard. Even while he was on the cross, the toughest and hardest time of his life, um, people were scorning him and mocking him. Uh, but yet he stayed focused. He fixed his eyes on his father. He had to deal with shame. I mean, come on now, naked being beaten and torn and tattered on the cross, but yet he stayed fixed. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That means he crossed the finish line and he was able to do it with joy and have satisfaction with all the opposition. So he's laid out the groundwork before us. He's laid out the example before us that when you're running your race, you're going to have opposition. When you're running your race, you're going to have, yes, yeah, sure, you may have some people that may even encourage you, but what if nobody shows up for your race? You got to be able to encourage yourself. You know, I can remember when I grew up and um, when I started running, um, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of, of my family members coming to my races and I would see all my teammates, they would have their mothers and fathers and their brothers and sisters come to their races, you know, so sometimes it kind of grew weary, you know, caused me to grow weary, you know, and a little, um, this, you know, disappointed, you know, but 
they would push through whenever they could to get to my race. And um, but I remember having to to really make fix my face like Flint and uh, be determined. I'm going to run my race. If nobody shows up, if everybody shows up, I'm going to run my race like I've been training in practice day after day and strategizing and studying and learning how to do this, how to run this race, how to pace myself, how to breathe. I'm going to stick to what I've been practicing. And that's what you're going to have to do. The things that you've been practicing, the things that you've been learning, the things that you've been coached by myself and and the bishop and the apostle, you're going to have to stick to those things so that when your time to get on that track, when your time is to start that race, that you will have everything that you need and make your face like Flint. That's what Jesus did. And Isaiah, it talks about how he made his face like Flint when he was going to the cross and he had that cross on his back. When he was on the cross, he made his face like Flint. That means he kept his eyes straight on the prize. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do. As you run your race, run your race in such a way that you can be able to obtain the prize of that. And I'm going to continue with this, but I pray that you take this time to meditate just on the little bit that I've shared about uh, running your race and understanding what your race is, getting your game plan, sticking to your game plan. Don't get uh, frightened or ashamed of what you've been practicing and working on. Now it's game day and it's time to put it into play. So don't allow the enemy or anybody else to talk you out of it. So run the race that you've been marked. Don't be ashamed of the story that God has given you. Wait on God to confirm those things in you. And guess what? Mind your own business. Stick to the plan. Focus on God. Follow him. Amen. I pray that this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you. Stay tuned for next time for the continuation of Run Your Race. This has been another episode of Changing Lives. Be sure to subscribe to stay updated on new episodes. Also, find us on the web at mountgileadfgim.org and follow us on Instagram at mountgileadfgim.org.